You're listening to the Irish Times. It is a day of regeneration, Gav. A day of cleansing. Our football team and our rugby team are just changing. Joe Schmidt is leaving. Andy Farrell is coming in. Mick McCarthy is coming in. And Stephen Kenny is coming in in two years after that. So we know exactly what is happening with our soccer and rugby teams for like the next, I don't know, five years? Yeah, I don't want to talk to you here now because I want to keep looking at my phone because so many <laughs> things happening. But uh, I've just been texting away to people all morning going, is this real? Is that real? Talk to me a bit more about this. Um, there's lots to, lots to play with. Well, uh, I was in Lansdowne Road yesterday uh, to see Mick McCarthy come in for his second stint, uh, 22 years after he uh, came in for his first stint. I watched it on TV, it was good, wasn't it? It was decent. He a good show, didn't he? Well, he did. Yeah, I, I found it a kind of... I Yeah, Mick is... He's versed in these things. You know, he's well able to... Like, there's nothing that you're going to surprise him with. Mm. Uh, he was there. Delaney was... John Delaney was kind of like the cat that got the cream because he's stumbled arse backwards into a succession plan. Get me in the iconic photo. Which is... Uh, I, uh, like, he was talking as if, you know, this is fantastic, this is the future... As I wrote in the paper this morning, well, Jesus, thank God nobody thought to score in the last uh, in Martin O'Leary's last four games, or none of this would have ever happened, you know. Mm. Um, so Mick McCarthy is in for the next two years. Then Stephen Kenny follows him in. He will work with the under twenty ones for the next two years. And we're going to We're going to get a style of football. Everyone playing the same total so football. Seems, yeah, yeah. So it seems. Rude, rude doctor was there yesterday. I telling believe. us that that's how we're going to do. And um, Emmett Malone was there, of course, and we're going to talk to him later about that. Um, but first, I was wondering what we were going to do with the rugby party things this morning because we kind of felt that Joe Schmidt was leaving or was going to announce that he was leaving, but he, we thought he was going to do it this afternoon. And so our podcast kind of did it on day. Saturday evening, so he did actually, but uh, in the press conference, he pretty much said it and then he rode, he rode back. And uh, then at nine o'clock this morning, boom, uh, he's done, he's gone. Uh, Jerry Thornley's in. Uh, Jerry, you, ha- you had it in the paper this morning that Andy Farrell would be in line to take mm-hmm. over. That's confirmed. We know now exactly. Joe is here until the World Cup. Andy Farrell after that. And hey-ho, on we go. Mm-hmm. Proper succession plan from within. Yeah. Um, none of it particularly surprising, really, yeah. which is which is good. Yeah. You know that it's not surprising. That no means alarms and no surprises. It's been, this has been Tom planned. Last, uh, last February, I, Joe Schmidt was kind enough to give me an interview for the Irish Times three days before the Grand Slam camp remember kicked off. Great piece. And he said, well, no, I don't know about that. But he I was great, good for him to, to give it. And he said in the interview, I would definitely go back to New Zealand for a period of time. I think Kelly and I will both get back because of the age of our parents. My mum is still alive. My dad died 10 years ago. And that was last February. And everything he said since was, it's, big, it's going to be a family decision, mm. not a rugby decision. And I even speculated last week that it wouldn't surprise me if he took a break from coaching. And um, I mean, also bear in mind, he's been a full-time professional coach for 15 years. He's been away from New Zealand for 12 years. Like back in 2007, when Kelly, his wife, persuaded him to go for the Claremont job because he was a bit unsure himself. He said, she said, no, go for it. You'll learn the language in six months. And of course, now he can't stop himself from speaking French. Oh, he loves loves it. He lives (laughs) listing French players. uh, He's been gone since then. So that's 12 years away from... His kids have grown up. Yeah, and I mean... In Ireland. Th- in yeah, Ireland. and Timmy will stay living here, I'd say, no doubt. He's got a he's got a job in an accountancy firm, he's got his degree, and he's well set here. And you, I don't know what the rest of the family will do, but I think himself, certainly, and Kelly, um, uh, will go back to New Zealand for a while um, to be with his mum. That's the plan. And I think 
also to take a break from coaching, you've got to remember that there's some we talked we talked about it, there's something slightly about the mad genius about Joe. Like he is so devoted to this job. Mm. He, he confessed to, in the Daily Huddle after the press conference started that, you know, he's too devoted to his work. He's a workaholic and it take, consumes him and takes up time from his family and so forth. And I'd say he and could do with the break from coaching. There's a bit of Pep Guardiola going to New York for a year. Well, it's not yeah, Bobby you know, Fisher, okay. it's more Pep Guardiola. <laughs> yeah. like, how long did Pep stay out of the game before he got dragged back a in? A year, a year. Mm. Like jo- and as Joe said, he said it very funnily. He goes, "I am a bit of a workaholic," and we we're kind of like giggling away like a bit. No shit, Joe. And he goes, "I hope." The, I'm trying to catch David O'Shaughnessy's eye. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. He goes, "I hope the uh, the guys in Carton don't tell you the other flaws I have." And I, but, and somebody's going to write a book, by the way. That's coming. And about the last six years of life under Joe and Carton, it's intense. You know, it, it's it's. He he drags people down into the mire of work ethic, and you notice, and it's people being the setup of the, the of the team. Yeah, we've only scratched the surface about what really goes on in there. And I'm not saying this in a negative way. I'm saying this mm-hmm. in in a hugely positive way. But like provinces have complained over the years. This is such a cool complaint as well. Is that the players come back into the systems just drained after Carton House sessions mm. after four weeks, five weeks in in Joe's realm, you know, so. He does need to break, take a break as well. When they talk about his attention to detail and how meticulous it is, they really mean it. You know, he's first up and you want to be up very early in the morning to catch Joe Schmidt out in any way, shape or form. It's why when the bus arrives late to Edinburgh, he goes crazy. He goes crazy because he wants to control everything. Mm. You know, as much as humanly possible. He gets a little bit miffed about certain things that might be written. And my God, he's at the most elongated honeymoon period of any coach in history in this country. You know, very few mm. barbs go his way, but he gets a little bit miffed. He just, he's just, it consumes him. He's just, he wants to control every little aspect of it as much as he humanly can. He calls himself a cog in the machine. But in reality, he invented the machine and he drives the machine. Which is not to say it won't carry on without him. It could do. And it's not the end of the world that he's going in a year's time. And also means that for the next year, he can really devote himself now, knowing that it's his last six nations and it's his last... Is that what this is about? That's what this announcement is about, a year out, so that people will leave him alone on it. I think it's partly that. Because if they hadn't have... uh, Of course it's true. He is taking a break from coaching Mm. and there is is the family aspects. But if he didn't say what he just said this morning... All we're going to be doing is talking about All Blacks lines, All Blacks lines, all year. It'll be the narrative and it'll run to the World Cup. It will still anyway, because after the World Cup, France are going to need a new coach, I'd bet. Um, New Zealand are going to possibly need a new coach. We're going to wait and see what Steve Hansen says in the next few days. There's going to be an announcement about his future. And the lines, British and Irish lines are just sitting there now going... Like they're on high alert, I'd imagine. Going, let's if we could just give Joe has no job, <laughs> it's eighteen months out from a Lions store. How about we give him utter control and to get through what is looks like an impossible tour of South Africa? But more importantly, I think Ireland now have. If you don't have Schmidt in charge, what do you want? Do you want to rep- go replace like with like? And that would have been bringing Stuart Lancaster to be the all-consuming coach who has the background and understands what it's like to run an English academy, to run a, a club, the nuts and bolts of leagues to Carnegie, and then to come into the English system where he was the, the old supreme ruler. Or do you just want a head coach to be a head coach of a national team? That's what they've done. That's what they've said they're going to do now with Andy Farrell as the head coach. But we don't know what Lancaster's contract's up next summer, so Jerry, we don't know what's mm. going to happen next there. That's the most interesting thing that we're going to see developing. It's the always the same after World Cup cycle. You get a, a lot of player retirements because players try and see out to the end of World Cup cycles, and you get a lot of coach movements. And also, Warren Gatlin's going to be available after next World Cup, and Wales have done something similar. 
they said his tenure has come at the end at the end of the World Cup and they've already named Wayne Pivak as his successor. I can't remember, Gal, but I'm pretty sure that when Graham Henry and the All Blacks won the World Cup in 2011, it had already been ordained that Steve Hansen was going to take over. Anyway, it was a promotion from within and that they always work the best. Um, I don't see Joe Schmidt pitching up with the All Blacks anytime soon. I really don't. Um, I think that in our game, one of the, one of the, one of the, the flaws in journalism is we, we are paid almost to add two and two together and come up with all sorts of yeah. imaginary figures. I couldn't imagine the All Blacks appointing Joe Schmidt straight from Ireland. They've never done business like that before. You could have Ireland playing the All Blacks in a World Cup quarter final or a World Cup final and Joe Schmidt due to then join the All Blacks straight away after that. I just couldn't see that happening. I also, also I think they've invested seven years in Ian Foster so it's more likely that if they're going to appoint a successor to Steve Hansen it would be come from within again it would be fuzzy and then also there's every chance that Steve Hansen's going to announce he's going to stay on for two years. You're going to let it play out as well though. Mm. Like, if the All Blacks get beaten by Ireland in a World Cup quarter final or you know everything changes. You know? Yeah, but he's taking a break from coaching Gab. He ain't going yeah. to take no, it. I'm not, not saying not Joe, but I'm saying everything changes with the All Blacks, you mm. know what I mean? Like it they will their appointment whether it's Steve Hansen stays on, which it does seem like it's possible, or they replace him or they sack the whole lot of them or they keep the whole thing from within is dependent on how they perform in the World Cup. I think everyone's been given a bit of breeding space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I, mean? I think the global landscape has been given a bit of breeding space. And Joe, Joe most said. of all, wants a bit of breeding space, which is why it almost, I'd still make Warren Gatlin the favourite to coach the British and Irish Lions in South Africa. Again. He, yeah, because he's done two. So let him complete the cycle all three. O'Brien mightn't be going on that tour then. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. The uh, Stuart Lancaster, though, uh, the Leinster coaching ticket contracts are up in the summer of 2019. That I, I just find that very interesting because like Lens are going to try and keep him going, keep that whole thing going, be, keep dominating Europe and keep becoming the team that really does funnel into the other provinces and builds the Irish team. But Stuart Lancaster, do you think he'll be part of the Ireland coaching ticket? I'm only guessing on this now. I always yeah. knew Farrah was going to take over from, I was tipped off two years ago that Andy Farrah was the man most likely to succeed Joe when that day came to pass. Succession planning, you're succession right. Succession yeah. plan, yeah. yeah. He's been there three years, he's respected by the players, he's done phenomenal work on two Lions tours, um, you know, he, All Blacks kept trialist by Ireland and the Lions the last two times they both ran into... England tried to get him back. England tried strongly. to get him back strongly, yeah. So I think he's ready to step up to a head coaching job and also the players really respect him. He's had a stellar career, both as a rugby league player and a rugby union player and coach um, uh, but Lancaster there's going to be a void when Joe moves on and it's kind of the, the attacking remit of the Irish coaching yeah. ticket that's the void that Joe will leave particularly Andy Farrell can still go on doing defence Simon needs to be still go on doing forwards Richie Murphy's there skills an attacking coach Lancaster has done a phenomenal job with most of these frontline Irish stroke Leinster players for the last couple of seasons phenomenal job with them therefore he will be the obvious that he's worked with Andy Farrell before. It might be a little bit of a role reversal, mm. which I think Stuart Lancaster would quite like because he's now discovered that he really much prefers being on the field coaching than he does being an overseer, director of rugby and facing the media on a regular basis. So, although, and very, also, although he's very good at that. He's excellent. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's a lovely fellow. Excellent at it. But, I do, but he does, he, he didn't enjoy it when his time with England. Well, that's because they were after him though. You know, yeah. the, the knives are out and, very quickly. And the him. other thing, the other thing, Leinster, smart, Got to give Lancer huge credit in all of this because they were the first people who brought in Joe Schmidt. One was a little bit of a an Arsene who it was a bit of a Joe Schmidt who he was assistant coach at Claremont Auvergne. He'd never done a coaching job, and they brought him in. And um, I think they've maybe a bit of succession plans thrown by bringing Felipe Contepomi yeah, with a long term view to replacing Stuart Lancaster. Would you say, Gav? Yeah, I agree. And the other thing, thing is, but 
what you you don't get with Andy Farrell is you get you get a guy who's ready to be a head coach of a big big team and all mm-hmm. that. That's fine yeah. and all that. But like even look last week, I think Joe Schmidt had in a bunch of kids that no one would know. I think one of them was James Kenny, who is fifth sixth on the depth chart, nineteen twenty years old, fifth sixth choice scrum half in Leinster. Mm, mm, mm. He goes in, he digs deep deep into the system. Like Larmer, teenager was in camp in Carton House. Robbie Henshaw. Teenager in camp in Carton House. Again, Lancaster would fit a bit of that because yeah. he's one thing like Lancaster Farrell's does. Farrell's remit won't be to. Does, no. He doesn't have an encyclopedic knowledge of uh, Irish rugby. Lancaster is developing that. Schmidt, you'd catch Schmidt at junior cup matches and under 14 matches in Donnybrook and all that. There he is in the corner watching away. Yeah. So, just, you know, before, and you've talked plenty about Farrell and and Lancaster and, and the future and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. Are we all being a little bit breezy there here? Is is this not a terrible day? Like, we're, we're losing Joe Schmidt. Oh, like, I, I know... I know. known about it for No, I understand that. I, I know that. Yeah, but, but, like, we're sitting right. here Monday... You've got a point. It could we're sitting be. here Monday morning, last night, yeah. Johnny Saxon, World Player of the Year, Joe Schmidt, Coach, Coach of the, the year, year, Ireland Team of the Year. Yeah. Uh, and we're sitting here going, yeah, Joe's gone, and Sherlock, sure, you know, ne- no, I think next thing is fine. Part like, of the reason we're a little bit like that, Mal, is because we knew it was coming. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. And That's is he all. definitely well, gone? The, like he said it himself. <laughs> he go, the IRF, He said on Saturday, he goes, so I told the IRFU, and they responded to me, well, don't be rash. So they've still left the door like slightly ajar. Oh, you're absolutely right. Slightly ajar come back for him to double back around, and they find a role from in the system. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's down the down the line. It wouldn't surprise me. Nobody's burnt anyone here. No, but you're right. He, he Ireland are Mick McCarthy. You're, you're, you've got a 20, point, 20, man. In a year's 21. time, Ireland's greatest ever rugby coach is yeah. stepping down. Yeah, that's you're right. That's at the bottom line here. Like you think of it. In three seasons with Leinster, when there's only two trophies going, one in Europe and one Pro 14 or Magnus League as well as then, whatever. And then with Ireland, there's effectively only one trophy going, the Six Nations trophy. In the last eight seasons, his teams have won seven trophies. It's just ridiculous. Everything in his last year, did, in his yeah. last year in France, they, Clermont won their only ever Bouclier de Brenner. Oh, sorry, they won one since, have they? Yeah, they won yeah, one they two won years again, ago. Yeah. Their first ever in over 100 years of trying, in their 10th final. The, you know, the cursed club finally delivered. Like, Trophies just follow this guy around. You know what I mean? Like, there's a symbiotic relationship. It's just ridiculous. There's a symbiotic like, relationship and, but, between but him and, and Sexton that has just transcended all of our ideas. Yeah, of what even we beyond, of even beyond the fact that trophies follow him around, it's exactly like you're saying, Gav. You see him at a, like an under 14 game. He is, you know, development follows him around. A holistic program for the game here follows him around. He's even a great selector. You know, he never gets selections wrong. People question his selections and they are nearly every time, 99% of the time, they're vindicated. Mm. He claims he makes mistakes and he'd love to do things differently. But damn, I, most of us struggle to find them. Mm. He's, he just ticks every box as a coach. Um, yeah, he's great at talent, talent identification. I remember a couple of years out, I said, Joe, give me one player who's not been capped by their province yet who might make the World Cup squad from nowhere. And he said, watch out for Tyke Furlong. He hadn't <laughs> even played for Leinster at that stage. He's just brilliant at that talent identification. At grooming talent, Gav's right, he brings them into squad sessions, you know what I mean, from the under-20s. Um, he is just, it's hard to find a flaw with him. Um, yeah, I suppose, I'd say he's tough to work with. He I'd is say he's very demanding. I'd say he's like, you know, Prince going into a studio at four in the morning, calling in all his assistants, start making, <laughs> I've got a new track, we've all got to make it. I would, there'd be an element of Joe calling them all into the video room. I suppose he doesn't do it quite at 5am in the morning, but we do not put a compare past Schmidt him. to Prince. I know, that's brilliant, right? Close the show off, we're done. We're done. <laughs> that's perfect. He wouldn't, very, very similar. He wouldn't, very similar. He, he wouldn't disrupt their sleep patterns, though, by doing it at five in the morning. No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. 
but, but yeah, yeah that, sorry, that's what I'm getting at, though. That that yeah, oh, okay, no, absolutely, not, the, the best of all possible scenarios they are if you are making of it, obviously. But this guy is leaving. This is you know, it's it, it's it it just it is a loss. I saw Gavin walking down walking out of Lansdowne Road after our work was done on Saturday night, and Gav was kind of said to me, "Do we overhype this guy?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah, do we in the media overhype this guy?" But no, we don't because. Brian O'Driscoll says he's the greatest coach they ever worked. Mm. Johnny Sexton says it. Loads of other players mm. say it. So that's... that's and the, I was that, trying Jerry. to frame, though. We were talking about what we're going to write about in the next few days and all that. And I was trying to frame it in the sense of, um, like, how does it? How will it continue? You know what I mean? Because they're not going to go down the same road because you can't... It, mm. it would be dangerous to try and replicate Schmidt mm. anyway. So what's going to happen after him is the way you, we were trying to get through the thought process. And... Schmidt's thing is so many great coaches who have spent a long period of time in a place they go and the whole thing falls apart Alex Ferguson David mm. Lewis, whatever mm. um, when Schmidt leaves he has built he has done his best to be part of building a legacy so has David Nussifor. Like I, I don't know who picked Andy Farrell to come in as the Ireland defence coach I know Schmidt's first thing he said was we've just lost Paul O'Connell from this group we needed someone like that but we were all quite surprised that such a, such an alpha male came in as one of Joe's number twos you know no disrespect to Richie Murphy and Simon he used to be grown into decent coaches and but mm. Nusifora Schmidt all of them combined have tried to build a structural thing that keeps this whole thing together we still don't know if that will you know what I mean mm. Johnny Sexton will be 35 there's a huge emphasis on quality coaching and the proof of that is that England came after Ireland's defence coach the All Blacks and probably France and probably England have come after the Irish head coach. Um, South Africa came back after their their coach from Munster to get him back. Yeah. You know, the, we we the system is is focuses very heavily on keeping the players at home, rewarding them enough financially, looking after them so they're not flogged, and always having excellent coaching mm. around them. Really top quality coaching, and the top best players want the top best coaching. That's the biggest reason that most of the players have stayed here at home. It's the biggest reason Conor Murray signed a new deal and they're staying within the system. And so, I remember once when I was doing Gaddy's book over the summer in the Lions, I asked him, what's the secret to being a great coach? And the first thing he said was, great players. As it's true of every sport. Yes, yes, great players make great coaches. Yes. And the system is producing great players. You have to give the RFU credit. We can't say it's all down to Joe Schmidt. Mm-hmm. He, I think the system was tailor-made for him and him for the system. They're perfect for each other. Had it been a rugby decision, he'd have stayed for another four years. I've no doubt. It's why I always said a lot of, it's a family decision. And it's a shame that he's gone, but the players are still going to be produced within the system, particularly through Leinster. And there still is an, an emphasis on good, good coaching around the system. So there's reasons to be optimistic in the future beyond. It doesn't have to end with Joe Schmidt. Of course, now he just has to win the World Cup. Well, the great thing about the last World Cup, in some respect, was that Ireland did lose the quarterfinal in Argentina because it's the one reason Joe Schmidt has probably stayed on longer yeah, than he expected. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, just, it drives him he nuts. to scratch like, that itch. Yeah, big yeah, time, big yeah. time, big time. Well, we will be here watching all that itching from now until uh, mm. next November. Mm. And uh, then we'll Prince. say... That's brilliant. Then we'll say goodbye. To, <laughs> we'll say goodbye to Prince <laughs> and wave him off. Uh, thanks very much, lads. Take it easy. Cheers. So our other national team have done uh, almost exactly the same thing as the rugby lads, except that they've done it first and quicker. Emmett Malone was there in Lansdowne yesterday, uh, and so was I. Uh, Emmett, how are you? I'm good, clerking. <laughs> um, Mick, Mick is back, 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 back. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting in, day. In, in one of the in one of the 
in, in one of the very least surprising aspects of the story. Yes. Make it back. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's the bit that we saw coming for quite some time, weeks, months, years. Um, but um, but everything else has been a bit of a surprise. Yeah. Even 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 let's start with with the uh, the curtailed nature of it. That 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 uh, no matter uh, what the results are, this is over by the end of whenever this campaign ends. Yeah, I thought you meant the process, which uh, <laughs> which was pretty curtailed because uh, the FAI do like a committee, and uh, and uh, you know I had anticipated the usual you know shtick of, uh, of of half a dozen of them climbing aboard a, a battered uh, transit and heading <laughs> off to Europe yes. to uh, to uh, to interview some elder statesmen of the game. Um, so so that's been a relief that that hasn't happened, and uh, and yeah, uh, then there's this this remarkable sort of kind of setting stone. Um, a timetable for Mick McCarthy to both come and go. Uh, it, it, it is it is it is genuinely remarkable. I, I think that um, the way the story broke and the nature of these things, and you hear snippets and people tell you things, and you know you're kind of trying to trying to divine what's true and what's not. Um, the, I went into that press conference yesterday thinking that things didn't completely add up, but it was because that there was this general belief that uh, the FAI had a had an uh, an option on a on a second two year term for Mick, and uh, and there was a suggestion that he was on a substantial payoff if they didn't take that up, and it didn't really kind of seem to fit with what they'd done with with Kenny, and you know there seemed to be either a point at which they had had lost their nerve and and caved in in one way or another. Uh, either to McCarthy or to uh, to Kenny, um, but you know if if John Ke- if uh, John Delaney was was telling the truth yesterday about the um, about the contractual side of things, and I've no reason to believe that he's not, then it seems very very straightforward. And uh, and McCarthy, you know, said it, that the, you know the association laid its cards on the table from the outset. He was offered it on a kind of this is this is the deal, take it or leave it. And um, and having taken a few moments to get his head around it, he decided he wanted the job enough to take it. Just uh, expand a little bit. Uh, I know you guys, the soccer correspondent, sat with Delaney for for a good while. Uh, and yeah. you did you did put him over the coals over that that uh, that idea that there was a clause. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this had been this had been doing the rounds a little bit over over the uh, few days beforehand. I spoke to people who told me that uh, that the FAI had an option for a second two years. I was then away in London off for a day or two and. Um, and and read elsewhere that there was uh, there was a, a a clause in that clause that um, that suggested that the association would pay him a, a year's salary, uh, which was believed to be around 1.2 million euro in the event that they didn't take up the option of a second two-year campaign or whatever you want, whatever way you want to put it. So it seemed that they were hedging their bets slightly. I mean, there was clearly a sort of, you know, coordinated uh, effort to get the two guys in place. Uh, so there was a bit of um, a bit of ducks in, in row sort of stuff mm. going on here. And it, and it, and it just... It, it felt like either that they had they had screwed up in some way and uh, felt backed into kind of covering themselves with McCarthy, or that Delaney was just being incredibly free and easy with uh, the association's money. And I mean that would have been kind of ironic given all the yarns about back in the day about uh, about uh, McCarthy and the and the signing bonus in mm. um, in 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 uh, well Ismo I think we were. Um, so um, yeah, look, it was remarkable. But as I say, I mean that absolutely we he was asked about it. 
Um, he was asked about it by somebody else, um, and and I felt that there had been a, both in the the, the the question and and the answer that there was perhaps some wriggle room for misunderstanding, and I, I sought to kind of try to, to kind of nail him down on it. But I, I don't think there was any left by the end. He was absolutely adamant that there was no option of any description. The uh, the the term and offer to McCarthy had been a straight two year deal. Uh, there was no kind of backdoor out for either side. Um, McCarthy would be coming, he would then be going, and Stephen Kenny would be coming in in two years' time. And um, um, and McCarthy certainly backed up that version of events. Um, he was very dignified about it. He was very open about the fact that when uh, he was invited to talks with the FAI, first of all, uh, which I think think was on Friday or Thursday or Friday, Friday I think, um, that his he went in there hoping that he would get kind of two terms and, and an open-ended arrangement that might, you know, extend into 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 uh, eternity uh, if things were going fantastically well in the way that managers do. But mm. um, And certainly he has done because he's, he's had some long stints at clubs uh, or in jobs, including the Ireland one before. Um, but he said that from the outset, they said that this is what they were looking to do. They had a plan. Um Stephen Kenny was a major part of that plan, and what they wanted was somebody to steady the ship, come in for two years, do the the best job imaginable in that in in all of those circumstances, and then make way for uh, for Kenny. and um, And he said that that he was surprised by that. That um, you know, he joked that if if the thirty six year old him had had this uh, proposal put to him, that uh, that he might have reacted very differently. But he said that deep down he wanted the job, and if those were the terms on offer and the ones he had to accept to take it, then then that was so so be it. Emmett, are these um, John Delaney's great survival instincts coming to the fore or is, as Ken wrote this morning, the FEI's version of Theresa May's Brexit deal? What do you what do you see when you kind of step back from it? Yeah, look, I mean, a lot of everything that goes on with John is, you know, about kind of looking good. But I mean, you've got to do something good and sometimes to look good. Um, I, I don't doubt, look, you know, I don't doubt that John Delaney would hire one of us if he thought it would uh, uh, strengthen his position. Even um, you, Emmett. Even me. No way, Emma. You took two days off. There's no way you you get punished. If only only he appreciated what a a widely popular (laughs) move it would be, uh, he would have me in in charge of the senior team. Absolutely. Um, uh, So he's he's, uh, he's a guy who who looks after number one and... um, and uses his position to do that in all manner of ways. Um, so I think he he absolutely sees the populist potential of this, which is um, you know there, there there are people who think you know hark back to mixed days and were great supporters of him, like the sort of football that we played, um, respect the the various things that he achieved with the team, um, and uh, and wanted him back and and welcome having him back. There were also those those people, um, a significant number of them, who uh, remember Mick McCarthy primarily for his role in Saipan. Um, I uh, think, you know, that, that he never should have got a, another chance. He should have gone then. Uh, he should never get another chance in charge of the team. And then there were kind of, you know, another cohort who just think, well, you know, Mickey did grand, but, you know, we've moved 15, 20 years down the line. Maybe we really should be looking at a younger, kind of different sort of manager looking to make a more progressive move. Well, whatever way you look at this, you know, you kind of, there's something in it for everyone. You know, if you're if you're a Mick man, well, he's back. Great stuff. You know, Yorkshire, wit, all the rest of it. Um, but if you're not, then you can just start looking beyond him now already because uh, Stephen Kenny, who's a very popular figure within the Irish game, particularly within League of Ireland circles, which is a problem area for Delaney, he's Credibility within the within the league isn't isn't good at all. Um, uh, he's 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 thrown them a gigantic bone. What and, about um, Robbie Keane, Emmett? Um, like the Staunton, Bobby Robson, Martin and Roy, and now Mick and Robbie. And we know how Mick dealt with it when he was asked about it. He called him a cheeky so and so. But what's your read on the? Oh, looks, go. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's your read on the great Robbie Keane now? I'm not sure about the Robbie Keane thing. I I think that was something that the FAI wanted to do. They've been been touting this idea. You know, they have, okay, for a start, they've been, they've been, they've had this policy for quite some time of attaching senior, uh, ex-senior internationals to, uh, to various Irish teams. I mean, they came in for a lot of stick for a while. It was sort of, you know, this goes back to the whole thing about Delaney uh, doing stuff to kind of enhance his own, you know, um, his own reputation or at least to shut off um, avenues of criticism. And there was a lot of criticism from a lot of quarters that, you know, all this uh, this experience that was out there, all this talent, all these guys who were working in punditry but not in the game were being lost to the Irish game. They were, their experience was being lost after them playing 50, 80, 100 caps or whatever. And so they adopted this policy in in the face of all this criticism, in the face of all these newspaper columns and, and pundits coming out and saying that they, they were available to be used. They adopted this policy of bringing these guys in, attaching them to teams. They're now on the second wave then. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's sort of enjoyed mixed fortunes. There's a story behind kind of virtually every one of them who was attached to a team and we're now on the kind of second generation of them a few years on um, and uh, and Robbie was one that for, for you know whatever reasons good and bad um, was identified as being the kind of potential attachment to the the senior squad. So he goes in there. Mick, you know, the FAI certainly wanted that. I don't think Mick had any great objections to it. He, you know, I don't think you know. Uh, I, I'm not quite sure how much responsibility he'll have. What exactly his role is? He's been given this title, this assistant manager's uh, role. Whereas I think that that you know, in the traditional sense, would be more Terry Connor. Um, but we'll see how that evolves. But I, but you know, I mean, you mentioned Staunton and Robson, and I remember writing about that a lot. And when it became clear that those two um, those two were the management line of still believing, despite having been kind of briefed six months earlier about the Stuart Pierce example and how brilliant that had been for yeah, England, yeah, yeah. although, although it, had, it wasn't going quite so well by the time the actual Irish appointment was make, made, um, that Bobby Robson would be the manager and that Steve Staunton would kind of serve under him as assistant, learn the ropes and then take over. But they went that for went Staunton well. straight off. I think what this appointment suggests is that maybe 10 years on, the FAI have learned from that mistake. Um, let's talk about Stephen Kenny a little bit. Uh, Emmett, uh, he's, his press conferences today, uh, I, yeah. thought, I understand why he wasn't there yesterday, but uh, I, I still thought it was a slight, a little bit odd that he wasn't there. I think it looked a little odd. Um, but um, yeah. I, w- I wonder deep down how he sees this or how... Uh, is this is this a big opportunity? I guess it is ultimately a big opportunity sure. for him, but uh, I, it's sort of a bit of so so near and yet so far for him. Well, look, I mean, I think that if there was a, a clause in McCarthy's uh, contract, then that then you know that sort of situation would become really problematic for him. Mm. Um, I had I had talked I think to you and to other people you know um, and written a, li- a, a little bit about Kenny's situation, mm. and um, I'm kind of big fan of Kenny know him a long way going back obviously you know covering the league you get, you get to know most of the managers a bit but Kenny in particular you know for various reasons um, uh, I have I, I, I've got to know quite well down the years um, and um and a, and a huge supporter of him. And unlike a lot of other people connected with the league or covering the league or, you know, involved in it directly, more directly, um, I, I would have wanted uh, Stephen to, to get a crack at, at managing Ireland someday. Yeah. And, um, and I wasn't entirely sure on a bunch of levels whether all that he'd achieved uh, with Dundalk and Bohemians and Derry City before that um, 
actually completely prepared him for being the manager of the Republic of Ireland. I wasn't sure about that. And I wasn't sure about it on, on various levels, like whether from his own point of view, very specifically, whether it really equipped him to do the job, which is a very, very different job to what he's done before. But I also worried that players who play at, you know, Premier League clubs or or championship clubs who perhaps he hadn't dealt with, I know he's dealt with some of them before and he knows more, um, but some of them, would come in and uh, and really not kind of entirely respect what he'd achieved. That they would mm. that they would you know like it like it or lump it. Particularly the guys who haven't come through the system here. Well, obviously those ones in particular um, would just not see you know achievements in the League of Ireland as comparing to even kind of run of the mill careers in in the Premier League or or yeah. the Championship. And 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 that's an argument, you know. And once you have that sort of argument, then it's an issue. I also think you know as a member of the of the press. I absolutely think that um, there is an issue with the news cycle now and a bit of a race to turn on people very quickly. And so this particular time in um, this particular time in, in the Irish team's kind of existence, this, this Mick McCarthy finds himself coming in with no friendly games to prepare, very little time with the players before they kick into um, a European Championship campaign that they have to qualify from. There's a lot of pressure from this. Two teams from the group then almost certainly uh, the fallback of Nations League uh, playoffs to get to these European Championships. The reason the FAI have made this change from Martin O'Neill is because they desperately want the team to be at a European Championship that Ireland is part hosting. Um, so there's a lot of pressure to get the team to this, to this Championship. And I worried whether if Stephen Kenny had come in we don't control obviously the draws to be made next sunday we don't control that we don't control the, the fixtures anymore and the way that um the fai used to have a say in them and you go off and negotiate and you maybe kind of tee your manager up with a couple of soft games to ease him in and uh, find his feet and stuff like that that's gone you know you get a printout an hour later and uh, here's who you're playing lads get mm. on with it um and so i i worry deep down that if kenny got it right now and things started badly in the next campaign. And within three games, we were really under pressure and looking like we weren't going to qualify. The FAI would come under pressure from the media and from some a section of the supporters, particularly that section who really doesn't have any interest in the league, and say, you've appointed a guy here who's out of his depth, you know? And mm. it would just turn on him straight away. And, uh, and that would put... Kenny in a terrible situation, the FAI might have felt obliged to act more, you know, rashly, but or quickly or whatever, uh, or decisively as they would have seen it. And um, and then it's done and forever. Damaged, and that would have yeah. damaged Kenny, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and there might have been there might yeah. never have been a way back for him for mm. international football. And obviously there'd have been a queue for his services in the league here. And he's had these sort of setbacks before and had to rebuild himself and done incredibly well to do it. But I would, didn't really want to see that. And I think, I think, I mean, I'm not sure. He, he, I think, was weighing up various options, whether to stay at Dundalk and have another couple of cracks at, at you know, another big European run. But those things are incredibly hard to take, uh, to, to pull off. And a lot of it is completely outside of your control because you get drawn against a team with 10 times your budget. You know, you could be the best manager in the world and uh, only win one out of 99 games. So there was that aspect of it. He could have stayed there. He could have tried to go to Britain again and try and prove himself at a level over there. But again, you, you know, you get jobs in bad circumstances, as Mick alluded to repeatedly yeah. yesterday. Yeah. And uh, and some of them are turnaroundable. And sometimes you just don't get the time you need, as it did Firmland. I mean, I think when he was at Dunfermline, Stephen Kenny desperately just wanted to get to a situation where a lot of players who were proving to be a problem for him were out of contract and he could get rid of them and then bring in players that he actually believed in and probably just as importantly believed in him. But they didn't give him quite that 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 mm -hmm. amount of time. So there is so many, you know, things that are outside the 
control of a manager who is trying to kind of progress. He can be the best manager in the world, but, you know, you have to kind of battle particular uh, situations. So I actually think that the situation is good for Stephen. I don't know. I haven't I haven't spoken to him since since the appointment was made. I did speak to him at quite some length the day before. I think he was offered it. Um, and uh, and he was talking about the kind of uh, progression. Now, I I sort of put this reservation to him that I had that maybe this is too early for you, that maybe you uh, you need to um, to do something more in the game, not so much for yourself, although, that, although that's part <clears> of it, but so that you bring more into the dressing room for the great game of show us your medals. Yeah. And, um, and he was exasperated. I was, was just going to say, going, no. I, don't, I don't imagine he took that overly well. No, 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 no. He's like completely what? Like, you know, completely shocked. And there's lots of, what? no, lots of stopping and, and, and kind of, you know, I could sense him shaking his head at the other end of the phone. Yeah, the phone and going, I can hear and he's him. saying like, yeah. Emmett, you can't live your life like that, you know, <laughs> which is probably why yeah. he's a football manager. And my involvement <laughs> in the game is limited to being a pensionable star- staffer in, in a national newspaper. But uh, for now, though, there, Stephen might take you, you into I, the setup. I, I, I think he was hungry for it. I think he would have taken it on whatever terms he was offered it. I think he was really kind of keen to do it today, start tomorrow, take this team in. But actually, you know, I think this might be a, a very good uh, a, a very good arrangement for him. He's got two years to hone his skills, to get a lot of uh, experience of the international game. Delaney's tone yesterday and some of the things he did suggested that they were going to give him quite a lot of latitude to learn the, the international game in his own way. And um, I think they're giving him a chance here. Um, obviously, they it's in their interests that it all succeeds um, uh, but I think they're giving them a chance and I think that's a really good thing and finally what if Mick uh, like I don't know maybe I I I got the wrong tone of it yesterday or maybe I got the right Mm -hmm. tone I don't know but I came out you know I've been to the last five of these and (laughs) and you've been to more of them than me I I guess but but like the I don't know. It was all fairly straightforward and rudimentary yesterday. I kind of thought, you know, it was, uh, you know, yeah. look, everyone's things aren't great. Mick is grand, and we know ish what we're getting. Um, yeah. And sure, look, let's let's see how it goes, kind of thing. I think there's a touch of that. I don't think anyone is under any illusions about the kind of hole that we're in at the moment. You know, um, uh, it's been a really terrible year, whatever it is, one win in 12, that against a very kind of makeshift American side. Uh, no competitive wins in over a year, albeit that's only six games, but um, a really terrible Nations League campaign. So it's, it's, it's a bad starting point. Nobody's under any illusions about the um, about the, the situation in terms of the, the young players coming true or who we've got declaring for us or whatever. You know, it's not, it's not a rosy picture and I think the, you know going back to Kenny for a second I think that, that that's you know again I, I think the league everyone I think who's close to the game sees that the logical way this is going is that you know like it or lump it the League of Ireland is going to have a much much bigger part to play in developing our future players and Kenny really understands that and I think from that point of view uh, that that's an important aspect of, of his um, of his uh, appointment but um, but Mick McCarthy um, you know the, the talk all the time was you know the talk before the appointment was they were looking for a safe pair of hands and I mean if you took the hints on board and drew a picture it was going to come mm. out with Mick McCarthy um, I I think he accepts that he's, you know, um, been handed a, a tough task. He, it's not an ideal situation for him. Um, it, it, as he acknowledged yesterday, it took him three campaigns last time to get the team to a major championship. He's just got the one this time. And um, uh, I mean, the, the circumstances on the one hand 
are quite favourable. You know, two teams from a, I think it'll be a five or six team group, depending, um, and then and then a fallback plan. You know, a, 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 a playoff from from four teams to to salvage something. Um, but at the same time, there's no developing anything here. It's just straight in and and pick the team up. But you know, I, I think. People have often said to me that journalists view these things in a very different way to sports people or managers in sport, that the, everything is so much more immediate, the next game, the next campaign, whatever it is. And, you know, and and for and I think you saw a lot of that with Mick yesterday, people talking about, you know, well, what about the next campaign? What yeah, about, you know, yeah, if yeah. it goes really well or whatever. Yeah. And he's talking about like the championship. If I get a job in the championship tomorrow, I go into it knowing that the average lifespan of a, of a championship manager is 11 months. You know, yeah, you lose half a dozen games over there in a row. You're toast, you yeah. know. So, yeah. so, so talking about uh, two years' time is like talking about all of eternity. Yeah. So, yeah. it's. I don't think the mood is great. I don't think there's a huge sense of optimism or whatever. But, um, but I think there is this sense that that you know, if there's somebody to kind of salvage something out of this, McCarthy certainly has the experience to do it, and that there is a there's a plan in place or beyond that. It might all go really, really badly. In which case, <laughs> in which case, in four years' time, well, I'm sorry. The other thing about this is that 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 that. That the fact that Kenny or that McCarthy has all these uh, these these kind of pluses in terms of the additional numbers to qualify for a European Championship. The downside of that is for Kenny that he's coming in for a World Cup, and unless Infantino drives through his uh, his his ambition to expand that World Cup to 48 teams, there'll be a lot less places on offer. So qualifying for the World Cup in 2024, which is the only campaign that Kenny currently has a, has a contract for, is going to be quite tough. It's Emmett, going to be significantly Emmett, Emmett, more difficult. Emmett, Emmett. Yeah, you listen to your own words. You're worrying about a campaign that's two years away. We're going to win oh, the Euros. Yeah, we're, going, we're obviously going to win oh, the Euros okay. in the meantime. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the real okay, problem. Sorry, I'm, I'm being Solve that. Again. I'm, I'm being, thanks, thanks for dragging me back. <laughs> Listen, thanks a million, Emmett. Uh, thanks Cheers. to Jerry who was in earlier. Thanks to you, Gav. Thanks to Declan behind the desk. Thanks to Dan, uh, our American intern, who is in uh, helping us out. And we will see everybody again next week. <laughs>